0: with the Montana Innocence Project. This podcast tells the real stories behind wrongful and unjust convictions and illuminates the complex issues responsible for making our criminal justice system unjust. Today we are bringing you a conversation with MTIP client Bernard Pease Jr., who was granted parole in November after nearly 40 years wrongfully incarcerated. Let's begin unpacking.
1: Mr. Pease, can you hear me, sir? Yes, I can. We appreciate your patience, thank you. Uh,
2: The board's had a chance to discuss your case and deliberate and make a decision.
1: Uh, Let me walk you through the decision. You tell me if you have any questions, okay? Okay. It was a unanimous decision, sir. Uh, We are going to grant you a parole upon successful completion of a pre-release Extended Stay program. Mr. Mr. Pease, any questions?
2: I want to thank you all. I do appreciate it. You've earned it. Let's do it the right way. Good luck. Thank you.
0: That was an excerpt from the Zoom recording of Bernard's parole hearing on November 29th. Bernard was wrongfully convicted of deliberate homicide in 1984 based largely on expert testimony from Arnold Melnikoff, the former Montana Crime Lab director who played a role in at least four other wrongful convictions. We are still fighting for Bernard's exoneration through ongoing DNA testing, but we are overjoyed for him to be released through the mechanism of parole. He was transferred from Crossroads Correctional Center in Shelby to the pre-release center in Billings on January 4th. Last week, myself and MTIP Executive Director Amy Sings in the Timber had the opportunity to speak with Bernard and his sister Linda about his re-entry journey. He candidly told us about his anxiety around new experiences, the excitement of seeing Linda with fewer restrictions, and his hopes for fulfilling his longtime dream of working in the fishing guide industry. Take a listen. So because you've been um, where I've haven't had very many opportunities to interview you. I feel like our supporters know a lot about your case, but not about you as a person. So I was wondering if you could just kind of tell us who you are outside of your wrongful conviction case.
2: Well, before I was convicted or during or now?
0: Now, yeah, whatever feels right. you know,
2: I'm trying to uh, grasp everything around me and try to retain, you know, the computers, uh, the telephones. You know, years ago it was, you know, a regular telephone and a newspaper uh, communication. People coming up and talking to you is, you know, still kind of skittish because we're not supposed to talk to people. On the street while we're still in here. And then I've had a couple people already see me, and I told them, all I can say is hi, you know, and I'll get back with you, you know.
1: Yeah.
2: It's, uh, you know, riding in an electric car, mm-hmm. and I couldn't even tell it was running, you know, <laughs> and it was just so smooth compared to some of the rigs that we've been riding in over the years. And uh, a soft seat to start with.
0: So, can I ask you about your parole hearing? I was sitting like in oh. the same room with Katie mm-hmm. and watching her and w- listening in on it. And I was wondering, like, did you ex- like what did you expect going into it? I know you've had multiple parole hearings.
2: That one there was the most intense hour and a half of my life. <laughs> I bet. It was more intense than the trial. But after everybody got done talking on the video, it kind of calmed me down a little bit. And I started thinking positive again, thinking positive again. And then, wow, well, when the unanimous decision and then the county attorney, you know, the county was just I did uh, break into tears. You know, I could hardly talk. I was sick to start with. And uh, I had to get up, you know. I probably could have stayed there a little longer. I think they were done talking. But I had to get up and leave or I wouldn't have made it. You know, I barely made it to to the intake. And uh, the officers come over and told me to sit down and, you know, are you all right? Are you all right? You know, I still couldn't get it out. So, you know, so, the one guy said that he heard that I was, you know, I was going to go home. And uh, he said, I I don't blame you for tearing up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because the other guys in front of me, they were denying. They were denying. Right. And, uh, I mean, two out of three behind me got to go to pre-releases or got to go home. So, you know, the odds, they were were shutting people down. And uh, it was, it was terrifying. But then, you know, the overjoy, you know, it it grabbed real hard.
0: we were also overjoyed and I agree I it was the it. longest time. <laughs> I was like, I, I think the deliberation was like five minutes, but it felt like 10 years. So I don't know what even, well, it probably felt like a million years that. to you, yeah. They,
2: they told the case manager they've never had a parole hearing that long before. So, I mean, they listened this time.
0: So. It, there was like about a month and a couple weeks between you grant being granted parole uh-huh. and then coming here. What was that in between time like
2: It really didn't seem like a long time to wait. There's guys that have been granted parole to parole release that have wait from either six months to a year. To make it to a place like this here, and everybody was shocked how quick that I got here. And uh, I said it's just the way the ball bounced. You know, I had everything going for me, people behind me, and uh, you know, it just worked out pretty good. So, you know, it wasn't a long, stressful six months to plus. Yeah. Since I've left Shelby, uh, my stress is down quite a bit. My sugars have dropped tremendous. I've had two shots in the morning since I've been here. And uh, normally they would be 250, 300, almost 400. And that's from the food from Shelby. Yeah.
1: Wow. Now I'm
2: in the mornings. I could be 110 or 74, and uh, you know, 74 kind of makes me a little shaky. So mm-hmm. uh, it's improved a wow. whole lot. Yeah. The food there is just garbage. Yeah. Food here, damn <laughs> good. It's what do
0: what
2: do they have here? Real ham, real bacon, you know, eggs, um, little pizzas, and, you know, chicken. And the food is good. Good. So they got a lot of fresh veggies. Oh, nice. They don't kill them like Shelby does.
1: Yeah.
2: And, you know they're
1: drown
2: them and set Yeah. They're garbage to start with, and yeah. then when they overcook them. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not getting anything out of it. Right. right
1: yeah.
0: So. what was your first night here like? Or I guess your first night out of prison was in you said in Butte. In Butte yeah. What was that like?
2: Well, when we got there in the dark. You know, they we took all of our property upstairs. There was two of us, three of us from Shelby, and uh, we didn't know anything about Butte pre-release, but uh, they said, well. You guys can go across the street and and go to dinner and then, you know, have coffee over there and then come back over and be over here by a certain time, you know, and it's dark, you know, I'm not used to like, okay, can I go through that door or do I have to sign out, Mm -hmm. you know, it was, you know, touch and go and the way we went in the building, it was like a rat trap. I mean, a door would close, mm-hmm. and you really couldn't see the door, and going up the stairs. And I don't know how many times I got lost and making back to the room. <laughs> oh
0: man!
2: You know, and people just come out of nowhere, and the door would close. I mean, it's just, just a piece of mica or something like that, and they just pop out of a room, you know, or or a hallway, and the door closes, but then yet there's no door jam. It's just.
1: You know, sounds to me, your your description of it, it reminds me of like a fun house. Yeah, the, exactly, like exactly. Yeah, if somebody yeah. would
2: jump out and, and actually try to scare me, I, I I probably would lose it, you know. Yeah. yeah. And just people coming out everywhere, you know. First thing everybody want to do is shove a cigarette, you know. and no, 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 no cigarettes for me, and I already know what that stuff does. You know, well, let's go have breakfast, you know. Mm-hmm. Okay, can we just go? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So they said, well, yeah, just go. So you're walking across the street, down the street a little bit. And, uh, you know, you pretty much, you know, help yourself, except for the main dish. But it was uh, definitely, you know, a different experience. No handcuffs, nobody looking over your shoulder. Mm-hmm. You know, that one's going to take a while to get rid of Yeah. And somebody, you know, always in here, you know, there's a lot of cameras, doesn't bother me, mm-hmm. you know, but you just know they're looking and uh, if you do right, do the right things, you have nothing to worry about.
0: So. Has it started feeling any more normal since it's been a few weeks or does it kind of feel the same?
2: With all the pressure with the paperwork, trying to get it done on time, it's still, you know, making me shut down a little bit. Trying to get it done, and then my blood pressure goes up Mm -hmm. because I want to get it done, but then yet we got to wait a couple days for somebody to help me. I got a guy that helps me. he's he's got a job now and he's working 12 13 hours seven days a week now and it's kind of hard for him to help me mm-hmm.
1: yeah.
2: you know with paperwork and kiosks. i'm not even trying to computer yet mm-hmm. you know, so linda you know have you, do you know how to text yet i don't even want to know yet mm-hmm. so you know it's just little things at a time
0: totally Oops. So what has it been like to see Linda more freely? I know it's not like you're outside, but you will right. be tomorrow. But what is, what's that been like?
2: You know, I hadn't seen her for so long. And it, it, it's still kind of, you know, when you get a hug, I haven't actually hugged or, you know, touched somebody in mm-hmm. 17, 18 years. Right. And it's different. You know, getting a hug is different. Having her here to help me is 110%, you know, for me. So, I mean,
1: she's a big help. My name is Linda Thomas.
0: And your connection to Bernard?
1: His little sister.
0: So your brother's been missing from your life for almost 40 years. How does it feel to be getting him back?
1: It is absolutely amazing. I couldn't ask for anything better. It's, it, I can't explain it. It's just, I have to pinch myself to make sure it's real.
0: Totally, it's really? so surreal. And you're helping him a lot in his reentry process. Mm-hmm. Yes. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Um, he's going through a lot with you come out which I have found I'm going through a lot Um, there's a lot of hoops to go through to get anything done or resolved in the right way. You want to make sure you're following guidelines so nothing can go wrong to make the board want to send him back. So it's, it's been a work in progress it's been fun um we get by day by day we tell each other one step at a time and we get there
0: what's fun about it
1: oh my god just the (laughs) fact that he's out just the Mm -hmm. fact that I get to see him experience a whole new life and see how exciting it is for him I don't know I know he's more excited than I am, but I feel sometimes he's so reserved and worried that I am more excited than he is, but I'm sure that's not the case.
0: Can you tell me about getting him a cell
1: phone? Oh my gosh. (laughs) So one of my girls came into work the other day and said they had cell phones at Walmart. So I went and got him a cell phone and of course he had no idea what it was, how to use it, what to do with it. His first phone call to me was a FaceTime, which was amazing. He's like, oh, my God, I can see you. (laughs) I was like, hi. And just all the little things that go with it. Um, I called him this morning, and he pushed. I keep telling him, just think of green, go, red, stop. And I called him this morning, and he's like, oh, my God, I did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, I told you, green is go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just been fun, just a fun learning experience. Yeah.
0: What are you looking forward to most about when he is fully released and with you?
1: Just living the best life he has left. That's all I want for him is just to be able to not look over his shoulder, to not be worried. Um, just to be able to live his best life. He's missed out on so much. It needs to be nothing but good from now on.
0: So she was telling us that tomorrow you get to go on your first day pass?
2: Yeah, my first four hour pass.
0: Tell me about it.
2: Well, leaving with her is gonna be different and uh, not having an escort, Mm -hmm. um, going into a store again, you know, and just browse around in the way you want to or how you want to and, and uh, buy what you want to. So, so being with her, you know, it's going to be, you know, a lot more comfortable. She likes shopping. <laughs>
1: that's
2: what she, well, yeah, I'm shopping. You know? Holy cow. She's supposed to be at work. I'm shopping. So... I guess you don't interrupt that word. No.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I think it's going to make it interesting. And then we're going to go to Quiznos. I think that's what you call it. Um, for some burritos. Oh,
0: Qdoba. Yeah, Qdoba. Q-doba. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Quiznos is uh, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also a good restaurant. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So uh, I told her, I said, yeah, well, we'll try it. But, My friend's gonna be buying chicken here pretty quick and we're gonna have chicken dinner here. Nice. So, but burritos, burritos works for me. I like burritos. Nice. You know, anything real food. I bet. It's not ground chicken. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So, when you think of chicken, you just, oof. (laughs) Shelby chicken, No, it's, so, you know, it's gonna make it, you know, exciting but yet there will be still some paranoia Mm -hmm. you know so I hope everything works out you know I don't want to see her get disappointed or told if it ends up getting messed up that we can't go you know just grin and bear it and we'll try it again another day Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times that's part of the test mm. that they will put us through. And I've been put through the last four years. Yeah. They, they test us day in and day out to see what your attitude's going to be. That's right.
0: so. so after you complete this program, you talk to us a little bit about how you want to maybe find more opportunities to work with kids like you did before. But have you thought about what else... You want your life to
2: look like? I would try to get in with like fishing game with handicapped people. Yeah. And then try sliding in there helping people, wheelchairs or crutches or no legs. You know, because that's one of my favorite things is fishing. And, uh, you know, I'll have to learn how to, you know, know how to take care of them while they're in my care or, you know, if they're with another group, but I am helping. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have to learn how to accommodate how they're treating these people. I am wanting to go back up to Fort Smith yeah, and stay the place that my parents have up there. Nice. And, uh, You know, I can't be in a guide service because I'm a felon. But when uh, Mrs. Davidson passed away up there, she was doing the cooking Mm -hmm. up there. And the kids or other people were running meals and cars back and forth from the fishing access back and forth. You know, come up there and uh, do things like that. You know, I still still know that river. Um, In my sleep, we used to run our jet boat on on that river. If you've seen the fog down there then, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, I can do 35, 40 miles an hour up and down that river when there's fog like that.
0: Wow. I know
2: the river. That's cool. Just like my dad did. You know, he said, just close your eyes, and he said, just feel it you know, all the time, and uh, it works. So, I mean, it's a beautiful river. It's changed a lot from what I've seen on pictures and and some on TV, but I think, you know, that's that's the second option that I could have, you know, to maybe go up there and help somewhere. Anyhow, I appreciate you coming, and I know it's gonna be a long ride home.
0: I was just waiting for the opportunity to come see you, so I'm glad that...
2: I appreciate it, I do.
0: Thank you for listening to our conversations with Bernard and Linda. We look forward to bringing you more updates about his re-entry process and hope to paint a realistic picture of the exciting moments as well as the obstacles that accompany returning to society after unjust incarceration. is a Montana Innocence Project podcast. The artwork was created by Rob Truax and the music was composed by Corey Fay. To learn more about the Montana Innocence Project, visit our website at mtinnocenceproject.org or follow us on social media at Big Sky Innocence. Thank you for unpacking injustice with the Montana Innocence Project.